This is Anime DGEN's Weekly Rundown 17. Let's go! Welcome back, guys. This is your anime DGENs here for the weekly rundown. Today, we'll be going over Mashal Episode 7, My Home Hero Episode 9. Hell's Paradise is actually on a break this week, so hopefully they'll be back next week. Insomniacs After School Episode 8, Demon Slayer Season 3, Episode 8, One Piece 1063. Guys, you want to jump right into it? Let's do it. And uh, just to say good to be back, everyone. <laughs> Nice to have you back, man. Yeah. We I missed have, you. I survived. A lot, lot of driving. He's back. How many with... hours total was the driving? <laughs> uh, so it was about 44 there, uh, 41 to New Jersey, where I dropped off my truck, about six and a half back and forth to a bachelor party, and then another three from there. So. Oh, you're insane, bro. I've seen a lot of windshield time in the last week and a half. <laughs> what an absolute rider, though. That's awesome. But awesome. Let's get right into it. Mashal. So uh, the episode is called Mash and the Puppet Master. We pick up where we left off last time before some awful recap episode with yeah. Mash standing in Langdorm holding the door. The conversation soon leads to conflicts, and now the Langdorm is trying to get its best, trying its best to get a hold of Mash's shiny gold coin yep. so i really enjoyed that this episode just jumped right back into it and i didn't even watch the recap episode so i was like oh, i didn't miss anything this is great yeah me either i don't i try to avoid recap episodes unless i'm like really bored just sitting around the house with nothing to do i heard from a friend that the recap episode was actually pretty funny honestly so yeah really i might <laughs> yeah. actually have to go back go back yeah. and uh, check that out at some point that's um, what i said won't have any time here soon though <laughs> yeah i was uh i was fumbling to watch two weeks worth of anime in a day uh yesterday so um, uh, <laughs> maybe i'll go back and watch it we need to get dan to sleep here soon man that, that, that's <laughs> a lot of anime <laughs> but what did you guys think of the introduction the i guess the more in-depth introduction of lord abel the puppet master I thought it was interesting. I thought he would appear a little bit more menacing, um, at least in front of Mashal. I thought he might even, you know, going out on a limb here, thought he might even like uh, intimidate Mashal to some point, and he just got none of it. Mashal's too oblivious. I don't know if that's yeah. the right word in this situation to understand uh, how dangerous our boy uh, Lord, uh, what is it? Lord Abel is. I don't think he realizes. I don't think he understands. I mean, we don't even understand how uh, dangerous Lord Abel is yet. Maybe he's not even dangerous. Maybe all he's got working for him is a doll shit, you know? I mean, if you think about it, though, that second doll, I'm pretty sure Mash made a comment like, oh, this doll, this this puppet's worked out a little bit. I gotta, I gotta actually do something here. And I was laughing really hard. I was like, how does a puppet work out, Mash? Yeah, he says it's been pumping iron. I'm like, bro, come on. <laughs> no one else works out except for you. Please catch on to that. 
<laughs> I did really enjoy that Mash didn't even notice that uh, Silva was actually a puppet. That's why he was on the ground there. He was just kind of like, how did you get here, by the way? Like, I don't know what happened. They like steps on his face. <laughs> He's and like, I, oh, I, I almost I, killed someone. <laughs> what? He felt so bad, too. That I, I thought that was really interesting. I, I thought he would like just not care too much about Silva because he was such a dick. But our boy's got a heart. So that yeah. was really cool to see. Um, I thought that uh, Mash was actually about to get bodied by Lord Abel, though. I, I thought he was about to wipe the floor with him. But Mash kind of outsmarts him in a way during a little uh, scuffle by uh, getting back his, uh, his gold coin. I thought that was a really interesting way to do that. Out of all the ridiculous things that we've seen, I think that's one of the more ridiculous things. Yeah, Mash might be like have a little case of muscle breathing first form, suck the coin up because that shit was insane, dude. Like he literally ripped bit off the button and just spit it at the guy. I don't understand how he didn't notice it was soaking wet. Unless it just dried in that. It probably dried from all that wind <laughs> yeah. force, bro. That's true. <laughs> And he just, the man's got lungs of steel and just sucks the thing back up as it's flying through the air like blink of an eye too like you didn't even see it it literally took a slowdown from one of the uh, fangs of Langdorm to like explain what happened so my thing is like when you're sucking it in that you know heavy like he was doing how did it not like choking bro (laughs) I'm sorry Um, yeah that's what I thought too like I I guess he's just got uh, pre-pause on this one. I guess he just really got some wrong, strong uh, mouth muscles there. Yeah, um, I don't know. <laughs> I was going to say, the tongue is one of the strongest muscles in the body, right? True. I'm sure he works it out. Yeah. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I don't, I'm not even trying to make it sound sus. So it's just no way to avoid. I mean, thanks, Mashal, for, you know, doing us like this shit. I mean, yeah, he's, he, they got us acting sus right now. And it's not even on my own accord. Um, but yeah, that was that was absurd how they how he got that back. I thought before this, him like running in the air during Quidditch was absurd, but this kind of just tops that for me. Well, I was actually looking forward, like I I kind I was kind of disappointed because I wanted to see him go take uh, Silver to the permanent uh, nurse's station and mm-hmm. come back and get it back. You know, that's what I wanted to see. But, That's yeah. what we all thought was going to happen. Uh, yeah, I was excited for that. And then he, I mean, old Abel got tricked. Yeah. So you guys didn't think Abel looked menacing with those eyes? Like, dude, he looks, he's a creepy looking motherfucker. I, I thought he, he, he looks fairly menacing, but I feel like it's shaping up for him to be the main villain or one of the main villains, right? I, I thought he would look a little bit more creepy. The dolls around him are creepy. I think they're like the settings creepy, but if it makes me like less afraid that Mash is not at all afraid. Yeah, I think Mash is just oblivious, though. I think I think Abel is a scary <laughs> motherfucker. I mean, the dude's got three lines. Yes, he's got some creepy ass fucking eyes, and he looks fly as fuck. I mean, he does look fly. That fit is tough. That fit is absolutely tough. I, I, you got that right. The drip is dripping, folks. Maybe, yes, maybe yes. it makes him less that he's holding a doll. You know, I don't think Mash realizes what's <laughs> happening, but... 
yeah it, it's a little odd <laughs> boys if i will walk up on anybody holding a baby little mannequin like that i think they're terrifying <laughs> yeah somebody standing in a dark room that's candlelit with people like bowed down in front of him and he's holding a doll that's, that doesn't get much creepier than that honestly <laughs> I'm, I'm, now that i'm thinking about it yeah that's that's pretty bad i'm fucking terrified <laughs> Master's just thinking about cream puffs, bro. Don't worry about it. <laughs> yes. Speaking of the cream puffs, uh, that being one of the gags of this show, we got another, the door jokes continue. Um, it had been some episodes before the last one, I guess the two episodes ago. Um, but I'm glad they're continuing that. I just need bigger and bigger doors now. That was a pretty big door. <laughs> was very happy. Need to see more of it. He took off a second door when he came back from the infirmary, right? He did. I for, I completely forgot about didn't that. Didn't he? That he didn't yeah. he take? Yeah, he, he took did. the door off the dorm room because they was like they was fighting each other inside and uh, starting to mess up stuff. And he come in and was like, "No, you shouldn't do that." And it was like, "You're contradicting yourself right now." You just tore the door off. Yes. Yes. I just loved it when Lance and Dot were just sitting there arguing in the room, and Finn is like, "What?" Get the fuck out of here, guys. But he's like this too afraid room. to actually say anything because he's a little pussy. <laughs> yeah, and they keep referring to it as Mash's dorm and like as, as if Finn doesn't live there as well. I thought it was pretty funny. <laughs> when we first met Finn, I thought he was going to be like way more serious of a character. I don't know about you guys. I thought he's going to be like super smart and like on task and he's a goofball. Yeah. I think he's just kind of there. <laughs> more or less. More or he's less. Mash's roommate, bro. They're having that whole conversation about how they're going to take down Langdorf. And then he's just like, yeah, good luck, guys. I believe in you. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. And speaking of which, we learned that Langdorf has been stealing all the gold coins from Orca. And um, what is the, what is uh, Alder's dorm? Yeah. Al- okay. And, and Alder dorm. And Lemon during this says that Orca dorm primarily focuses on like research. Like, what kind of characters do you think we're going to get out of them? As they get introduced later. They're if nerds. they even do. If they even do. You don't think they'll introduce them at all? Dude, like, you meet, like, one Hufflepuff through all of Harry Potter, dude. Like, yeah. nah, they're irrelevant. I mean, really? they're just there. You, you might see them, like, in a classroom or, like, library or something, I think. But probably not. Maybe MASH has to save one eventually. That yeah, might I, be think, one. I feel like that'd be a huge waste of, like, a whole dorm and characters. But you guys have seen Harry Potter, and this is a Harry Potter ripoff, in my opinion. Well, from what I've been told, I guess. I mean, Harry Potter, though, it has more than three houses, though. You know what I mean? How many houses does it have? It has four, and two of them are pretty much relevant. Yeah. There's a little, there's a love interest for for a while from one of them. And then Mm -hmm. um, I guess his rival in the fourth movie is from another house, too, that isn't Slytherin or Gryffindor. But that's really about it. Okay, I was hoping we we're gonna get introduced to some uh, some real nerds here. I think that'd be I mean, fun. I think it'd be fun might. actually. Yeah, we could. I'm just saying, like in in other things, like I mean, if they're just ripping off Harry Potter, like we think they're, I don't think we're gonna see anything. Okay, okay, fair enough. Yeah, um, I was uh, I was just gonna look at a, like the cover episode of Mashal and see if there's like anybody that we haven't seen yet, and it looks like it's just uh, Finn Lemon. Dot and uh, Lance, so and Mash, so yeah. I mean, I think they've done a really good job introducing the plot so far, and I think we're starting to get to kind of the the combat esque portion of it because after this whole ordeal in the dorm, Ash or Mash, not Ash, wrong wrong show here, guys. <laughs> yes, Mash has to go clean the owl 
a hut because that's his punishment for burying a teacher. <laughs> <laughs> that's a that's a small punishment, don't you think? I, I don't know how much how dirty an owl hut is, but uh yeah, it seems pretty light. I, I imagine uh owl huts pretty freaking dirty. Uh birds do not smell great. Um, they also but, shit a lot. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Ew. Um, but yeah, Grandmaster says, you know, I, I don't really feel like I should punish you punish you because you're doing the right things around here. So it gets him up, gives him something light. Except for the owls start attacking Mash when he gets in there and his head's like <laughs> bobbing back and forth. I thought that was a pretty funny scene. Dude, these owls are adorable, by the way. Yeah. Oh, so cute. They're just tiny. I'm like, aren't owls like the size of a house cat? And these things are all like six inches big. <laughs> Maybe they're just baby owls. Maybe they are baby owls. <laughs> but, all i know uh, is like i'm su- really surprised lance come in there and try to help him out so i wasn't his his reasoning was pretty pretty crystal clear clear that he's not there to help mash clean he's there in case Langdorm brings the heat still, yeah. because mash has a gold coin and i don't think anybody else has a gold coin in alder house based on the fact that they only have one so he's like, hey, I gotta I gotta be here to help you out in case you get jumped. And boy, do they get fucking jumped. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. So yeah, we're introduced to two new characters, Orlor and Answer, the sixth and seventh Fang. And that's also our introduction to the Fang system. So apparently all of uh old Abel's cronies are ranked. And I think this is the the weakest and the second weakest so far. Yeah. And it's a pretty fun fight though. Um Orlor ends up being like a shark and has like ocean magic he sends him <laughs> imagine himself into the ocean and turns into a fucking shark very bizarre i thought this was the most ridiculous display of mash yet because he like all of a sudden he uses a spell and mash is like floating in the water like oh i can't swim i'm drowning i'm gonna die and just sinks and by the time orlor gets in the water Mash is swimming at like 50 fucking miles an hour, <laughs> zooming through this thing. He's like, oh, thank you. I realized I could swim. And then just proceeds to beat the living hell out of Orlor. And it was so fucking funny. Oh, it was great. I didn't think it was so ridiculous because, well, I taught myself how to swim. Not in 10 seconds. It, it took a couple of weeks, but I taught myself how to swim. And I, and I think being that strong, if he kicks one time, he's like, oh, this is how I do this. <laughs> I, I guess it was more just the fact that we went from seeing him like floundering in the water to swimming like a goddamn Olympian like Michael yeah, I, Phelps in that shit <laughs> I thought MASH was going to be in a lot of trouble but of course he was not uh, one thing I noticed when um, Orlor changed from like his first shark form which was stupid as hell uh, to the <laughs> second one a little bit more menacing but when he was talking his teeth were moving instead of his mouth did y'all notice that no. no i didn't it was disgusting i hated it bro oh i'm glad I, uh, I didn't notice it <laughs> like uh i like i saw like one of my reoccurring dreams is like my teeth are loose and like falling out so that made me like my skin crawl like seeing that on screen uh, maybe that's why i noticed it but it was it was it was really nasty looking i just hate seeing teeth in anime well like actually animated a lot period like dr stone's teeth get me like so riled up yeah, they're all individual teeth. Don't Doesn't like that. look good. Yeah, I don't like it either. Well, I guess it's better than like the water making you mad. You know, some people got the uh, you know the water looks unnatural and shit. They get mad about that or uh, upset about that. You know, it's a cartoon, dude. 
Water yeah. ain't gonna look natural. Exactly. Nothing. <laughs> this, ain't, this ain't Demon Slayer money right here. <laughs> <laughs> this is some some light for the people. Um, and then we had old uh, Lance fighting Answer, the Seventh Fang. That I thought that one was uh, the more entertaining of the two fights because really just Mash was zooming around in the water, and uh, Orlor never had a chance at all. He's just swimming into his stomach and punching him every time. I was like, holy shit. Yeah. How do you take somebody into your element and you're still scared? Hey, Knock once you get hit that one time, boy. man. Once you get hit that one time, it's all over. <laughs> you don't want to get hit yeah. again. It, he, it was light work. Just like everything uh, that has been for MASH. Um, but, but yeah, go ahead. I was going to say, I thought Answer's magic was really funny. The dude's just a Beyblade master. Yeah, he's a one trick. Definitely a one trick Beyblade master. Uh, throwing the, uh, the the throwing stars, it was. He's like, oh, I just make bigger throwing stars. I thought he's gonna have like some kind of crazy ball of death. No, just more throwing oh. stars. <laughs> yeah, just just one through. What did he get up to four? Or is it just three? I can't remember. I think it was four. Was it four? Okay. Started off with the one, then he did double, and then he had that one big one, and they all got smashed by gra- the, the gravity magic. And the the best part of that fight is that Lance wouldn't fight back because he had like an image of his sister show saying don't hurt the owls so he wouldn't attack until he got the owls out of the way and the way he did it was so smart he basically used his gravity magic to knock a shovel off of the wall onto a bag of feed and it uh, opened up so all the owls wouldn't start eating and then he could just lay down the hammer with the the gravity magic yeah that was also quick work but then we saw a, a uh, I think it was the fifth Fang there. Uh, didn't get, I didn't catch the person's name. Um, but Mash, it, it, the person seemed like they were teleporting, and Mash couldn't even hit him um, as he was rescuing the sixth and seventh Fang. And Mash said, oh, this guy is actually strong, and I think he's like me. Do you guys think he doesn't actually have magic? Uh, no, I think you could see a line under his mask. Okay, I didn't, I mean, rem- I didn't recall is- that. Mash just got a line too, you know what? Uh, I mean, what what stops him from drawing his on too? You know what I mean? But facts, it wouldn't make sense for him to be in the uh, uh, Lang Lang dorm if he didn't have magic. Mm-hmm. I would think so, but I don't know. Then it's, what did you what do you guys think uh, Mash meant by he's like me? He might have like muscle muscle augmenting magic or something like that because the boy was quick. Oh yeah, he was. Pretty much teleporting, it looked like, anyway. Um, but the only reason we get to see MASH move around is for narrative purposes. Um, he teleports f- for everybody else in the, in the actual story. So, really interested to see where that goes. And MASH is thinking, you know, things are really going to step up from here. So, we'll get some more serious fights, hopefully, in the next couple of episodes. It's just wild that if that is the fifth uh, thing, then... Like how strong is the other uh, other four that we haven't seen? If he's strong enough to get around Mash, you know what I mean? Yeah, I think. Well, isn't is Lord able the first Fang? Is he number one, or is he just like the leader I think of the Fang? He's fangs? the leader, probably. Yeah, I think he's the leader of the Fang. Okay. Yeah. So it would make sense that I mean they're getting they're getting exponentially stronger as you get go up that ladder. Um, and I want to see Matt, you know, Mash actually take a considerable amount of damage and struggle with a fight. He hasn't really too much so far. Um, he had a problem with, I guess, what was the eight fang at the time. 
um, Silva, but he he handled him pretty quick as well. So yeah, I don't even think he had a really problem with him though. He just no. uh, was just playing with him. <laughs> yes, he was. So. Yeah, I think he was just tanking a few hits to prove a point. Um, mm-hmm. But I don't think Silva was one of the fangs. I think he was trying to move up to that rank. I think he was okay. just a, like a super crony. Got you, got you, got you. That would make sense. But yeah, y'all wanna y'all got anything else for it? No, I think I'm good with that. You know, it was, it was a fun episode. It's exciting to see a little action, and uh, let's get on to the next one. All right, sounds good, boys. Uh, next, we have my home hero nine. The Academia. Fateful Day. get out of here um in this episode fatal friday is finally here fatal friday yeah that was a good one Uh, i like that i do like that and we get to see some uh see all the webs that tetsuo spun come to fruition you know and if everything goes well kyochi might be joining his father at the great diner in the sky (laughs) (laughs) i love that i i would like to know uh you know, we, we're we're making these up at this point, right? We're not just grabbing off the internet no, anymore. No, that, 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 that's all us, bro. Say, if, if this is from a website, I need to know where it's coming from right now. <laughs> this is from the Anime DJ's website. Yeah. That, 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 this is all us right here. We, we're Pen- making this stuff up. Pending. <laughs> <laughs> right. No, you, you, you're right. Oh, um, so this episode starts off with some... Uh, some uh, backstory on Tetsuo uh, about his parents and his grandpa. Um, and we actually learned that his, uh, his dad was a policeman and he loved true crime and he actually died in a car accident. Um, did this guy's make you feel, feel a little bit more sorry for Tetsuo? Um, how, how did you guys take that, that news that he gave us? I really didn't feel more sorry for him. I felt that him and uh Kiyochi kind of had a uh a past that they could actually uh relate to each other with i thought that they would uh, i thought uh, Tetsuo would kind of use that to maybe get closer and uh complete his narrative um but yeah i don't guess he did <laughs> yeah and i think one thing it did a really good job uh showing was how i guess where Tetsuo's like sense of justice comes from because mm-hmm. there was a lot of really good quotes from his father in that scene. I can't remember any of the top of my head, obviously, but it was really like, uh, it kind of really showed where Tetsuo came from. And I liked that. For sure. One detail that I thought was really cool. Um, well, both of Tetsuo's parents died in that car crash. It was a highway pileup. And he actually learned later that his father had a road flare in his hand and was trying to stop other people from crashing into them. And that's how, how he ended up dying. Um, so that that's that that really tells you a lot about what Tetsuo learned from his father and uh, and something that he said he took from him on um, taking care of others, which is why he's going through the links he's had for his own daughter. So it, it it tied, it kind of gave us a little bit more depth into who he is, and I thought that was really cool. Yeah, I, I really I really like that he he told Kiyochi, you know, if if he does end up getting killed by the Yakuza faction that Kiyochi is a part of, that you know, make it look like a suicide or an accident because he didn't want uh, uh, Rika growing up hating someone like uh, him and Kiyochi grew up hating someone or something like that. So, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, 
And while they were having this conversation, uh, Tetsuo kind of asked Kyoichi about getting revenge. And, and we actually learned that Kyoichi is not a part of the same Yakusu gang that he is in right now. Uh, so Tyler, that kind of takes out your, your theory yeah. of him trying to get back at his organization because we find out he's actually very loyal to them. He's like, you know, uh, I could go after them now. I think I have enough power to do so, but that would cause a gang war. And I don't want any of my gang members or this organization to get hurt um, because they've given me a chance to get, you know, my life back. Yeah, one thing I found that was really interesting in this episode is that they mentioned that they're not even technically an organized crime group, according to the police. They're just kind of there. Like, they're a really, really small dog in the big cog of organized crime in Japan, which I thought was really interesting. Because, like, I thought these guys were Yakuza, not just, like, some street gang, you know? Yeah, I thought they were a little bit more powerful than, than what they are. Yeah, yeah. so after they uh, go through and have breakfast, you know, they talk over that that wonderful-looking omelet that uh, QHE made. That shit looked delicious. Oh, have Um, you guys... Before, just sidebar, have you guys ever had, like, a real Japanese omelet? No, I haven't. Oh, they're so fucking good, dude. When you... It's like, (laughs) they say it's a a ball of rice, and they put the omelet over it, and when you open it up, it just drips ooey-gooey goodness all over the rice. It's so good. So So good. I've come close to that. I've had uh, what's called a redneck omelet uh, at, a, at a bar over here. Interesting. Okay. <laughs> it's got like pulled pork with barbecue in it. Like it was pretty good. That's like the only omelet I've ever had, honestly. So, but yeah. you know, you've never made an omelet at home, bro. Uh, no. You <laughs> <laughs> said I'm not I, that I guy. I eat them hot pockets, bro. <laughs> I can't even scramble eggs. I oh, can scramble no. eggs, bro. Just not You're halfway there. He can't softly cook them into a uh, semicircle. It's just you're, you're, ha- you're halfway there, dude. Listen, I've never tried, so you can't say I don't. I can't do it because I've I never tried it. Tried cooking omelet this week. We want results, baby. Put it oh, in the Discord. No. We need oh, to see no. some PG, some personal growth. Ah. <laughs> uh. Well, uh, back to back to my home hero. Uh, there was one point I did want to make uh, before we move on to after their breakfast. Um, there's a scene where uh, Tetsuo was talking about his, you know, growing up. And he mentions that he lived with his grandfather for only a year before his grandfather also passed away. And the man grew up on like gas station food and rice balls. And it's really impressive to see how far he's actually grown as a person and like the life. He really picked him up by his bootstrings, which is what I thought was pretty impressive with him. Yeah, I thought the same thing. Um, yeah, he he pretty much lived on his own from the time he was 18 forward. Uh, didn't really have anybody until he met Kaisen. And it's made a wonderful life for himself. That's really hard to do when you come from those kind of circumstances, uh, especially being so young. Uh, so shout out Tetsuo. This man's a G, and he also found a G. Kaizen is boy, she's something else, bro. She a menace, low key. Uh, but we'll get that get into that in a second. But yeah, he wanted one last home cooked meal because he was telling Kyoichi, "Hey, this might be it for us, man. You know, we're supposed to, one of us is going to die tomorrow, so let's let's have a nice little meal." Kyoichi made that omelet. They had the conversation that we just talked about, and then they got called back into uh, Takada's little camper van. And guys, it heated up, man. This is where we see every uh, Tetsuo's plan start coming together. Um, because there, you know, um, Takada is asking him, "Hey, did you find anything?" 
Kuechi's like, no, I haven't, I, I got nothing right now. But then we see somebody gets an email. Takada gets an email from, a, did they say where that email came from, actually? Anonymous. Anonymous email. Okay. Uh, we know who it's from. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. The one and only. <laughs> but it's pretty much outlines that uh, QHE was the one that held up that bank instead of their crime organization and stole the money. And this is one of the people that helped them do it. And that QHE is actually the person that killed Nabuto. This well, I don't it. think they really said they killed Nabuto. I think they said he helped Nabuto, you know, do the robbery and that they should uh, look into his apartment or something to figure out. Like, yeah, he uh, didn't. Yeah, he didn't outright say it. Yeah, yeah. Right. yeah but, but they found so after that, uh, there's this whole confrontation. Takeda gets very suspicious of Koichi. Like they go at it. Like Koichi's fighting for his life. He just gets taken down by like three or four dudes who are in this camper van. And um, the next stop is they go to Nobuto's apartment. And they're like, oh, we've looked through this place like three or four times. But they notice a crawl space in the closet. And boy, there's like, that's got to be like a million yen bands. in there. There's, a, there's, there's bands of cash. Like, that's a lot of money. And uh, that gets them really suspicious of Koichi. And that's when they call him the big dog Kubo. And shit's starting to hit the fan right here, guys. Yeah. Um, this helped me clear up like more of the organization of this little crime group. Uh, knowing uh, Kubo is over Takada and um, <clears throat> Kyoichi. So he's the, he's the big boss over those two. Um, they, they call him over to Kyoichi's apartment and they take a look around. And then uh, is it is it uh, Tetsuo that says, hey, this motherfucker has a safe. Go check that shit. Uh, they make him open it, and they find money. And they say, hey, these aren't the bills from that, that heist. How do they know that? Do y'all understand how they numbers. do that? Serial numbers. But how, do, how would they know what serial numbers would be from the bank if they never stole the money? So I feel like they got to be kind of connected to the police at that point. Like, I mean, they are a small-time organization, but I feel like they're connected to the police. They have their guys on the inside. And if something like that does come up, you know, they can probably get the information on, you know, I mean, when you steal a truckload of cash, there's a certain serial number value if it's coming from like the mints or another bank. Okay. They track okay. all that shit. So that's probably how they figured out what the serial numbers were. They probably have a guy on the inside. Got you. Because, yeah, they kept mentioning the serial numbers. And then uh, QH said, hey, those are all old bills. Those aren't the, those aren't the ones. Um, and we know that to be true. That's the money he's been saving up. Um, but they find the bag. That uh, old Kaisen planet. She's a young savage. Um, and it has the tablet with the video, the fake video of Nabuto and his bones that they confirm with his dentist fairly quickly, I felt like, for, <laughs> for what it's worth. Um, and so they, they actually now think it's Kyochi. This is the spider's web, and our man is caught. Um, guys, you have any feedback about that scene, man? I, I thought it was pretty cool. It got really, really intense, man. Well, like I, like I said in the last episode that we did, Bass, uh, I didn't think that they would go after Kiyochi. I thought that, you know, Tetsuo was uh, spinning Kiyochi to maybe try to frame uh, Takada, you know what I mean? But it was surprising to actually see them go after uh, Kiyochi, actually. So, Yeah, I really like the way they did this episode where they had the outcome 
And now we're getting like that Ocean's 13 like heist montage, yes, basically. And I'm really excited for the next episode. Like I, I've, I've thought the show is okay. You know, it's like a, it's like mid, high, mid, mid, mid. I don't know what you want to call it to me. Mid, mid, <laughs> mid, mid. <laughs> <laughs> like you know, it's like a six. You know, it, it's good. It's not like the next coming of. That's like high mid. Yeah, that's high mid. Three, you know, it's just it's good. But like, I'm so excited for the next episode because I want to see how they pulled this shit off. Because the fact that they didn't know how to get in the safe. She had to go on a roof and like rappel down and shit. Like, I'm so excited to see how they pulled this shit off because it looks crazy. And the end of the episode, they dropped a bombshell. So Kyoichi's been super desperate this entire episode. He's like, "How? I don't know how the fuck this happened. Mm-hmm. I have no idea what's going on. This isn't me. Takeda's framing me. Like, this is all a ruse." And Tetsuo was just sitting there with a shit-eating grin head and like, bitch, I got your ass. <laughs> and like, I'm just so excited to see the outcome. I don't know if the next episode is going to be the last one, but I feel like it has to be, right? No, there's uh, 12 episodes, apparently. So we got two this more. Is, yeah, this is this was number nine. So we got 10, 11, three more, bro. Oh, three more. OK. Yeah. So. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. Oh, I don't know. Man. I don't know. What what left is there to do besides deliver old boy Koichi in a body bag? You know, I mean, like I think we got one or two more twists left. I think that's how they're gonna see, push it out two episodes. See what what I'm what I'm thinking is, uh, they they said bring uh, Tetsuo with them to meet Matoi. So they they said bring Kiyochi, you know, in a bag, uh, and take uh, Tetsuo with them. So when Tetsuo goes to meet him, uh. What's what's Matori gonna do? He's gonna be like, "Hey, you're not the guy you said you was." And yeah, is he gonna is he gonna figure it out and look into it and figure out what Tetsuo planned and start it all over and maybe try to kill Tetsuo now? Because Matori's pretty smart, you know. Yeah, I mean that's option number one and the option number two. I mean Matori's kind of a nice guy from what I can tell. You know, I mean he's, he leads an organization of criminals, but like he seems like. I don't want to say honest, but you know what I'm saying. Like he has well, some a decent human being. Decent yeah. human being, yeah. Remember the bar? He was like, "If I find this, uh, you know, person that killed my son, you know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna kill him." You know, I feel like I feel like most parents would say that though. But he's uh, yeah. he's the yeah, leader. Sure. Like I'd say that. Like I'm gonna fucking <laughs> yeah. kill this guy. But he has the he has the he has the means to do it though and get away with it. True. true. Very true. Um, I mean. I don't know. It'd be really funny if he just pulls up. He's like, "Hey, my bad, bro. Like, we thought you did it. My bad. You know, like, here, here get on your way. You're out of here. See ya." And then, <laughs> you know, what if, the second option that I can think of is, what if Kiyochi, like Tetsuo and Kiyochi, is actually secretly working together, and they're they're going to take them down somehow, and they show us behind the scenes after it happens. That'd be a fucking twist that I don't see. Yeah, that'd coming. be very fun. Yeah, I, I don't see that exactly happening, but I, I think that would be very fun. We got three um, episodes, bro. Yeah, a lot <laughs> can happen in three episodes, um, as we've seen in, in this show. My favorite part of this episode, though, was um, when Kaizen found that that uh, evidence bag in the ditch, and like she just, and she's like walking up to the apartment and just like smiling, like you know, it's a, she's on a fucking Sunday stroll. Um. She's in a different headspace. You know, I would have a very straight face on. I'd be like, yo, I got to go handle some business right quick. 
Um, she seems just like she's very light and happy about everything that's going on. Um, and then she's on the top of the roof, like stretching out, vibing out. Yeah, she's probably got some tunes in her ear. I, I, she's just so casual with everything right now. I don't feel like this is her first operation anymore. She's just up there bumping some city city pop chilling, you know, like. Oh, yeah. She was getting stupid loose, smiling, giggling and shit. Yeah. A menace. She, she's the true MVP. She's making shit shake around here. Yeah, I don't, I don't know how ordinary, like, uh, wife, like, housewife is able to do all the things that she's capable of doing. But, hey, GG's the tits, bro. She's thinking about her next book, dude. She's going to release this as a story and put it under a pen name. And... <laughs> I'm about to be rich. I'm about to be rich. And, like, she, she's been, like, so matter-of-fact and, like, all like making fun of, like, the crime organization through this entire series. Uh, she kept calling them, like, stupid and incompetent in the email. And I don't think she had to do all that. I think that she was just, you know, kind of airing her grievances right there a little bit. Uh, but she's been making fun of all of these uh, these these cr- these criminals, and it's been very very fun to watch. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. Well, I'm really excited for next week's episode. I'm sure you guys are too. Do you guys want to move on to Insomniacs? Yeah, let's uh, knock it out. So uh, this one's Insomniacs After School, Episode Eight, called Congregation Star. So it's almost time for summer break and the media reviewing party. The students are worried about their grades while they're making final preps for the meteor shower viewing party. So this episode starts off with like the students head into the, to an assembly kind of, uh, I guess it's kind of like the last day of school before sum- summer break kind of thing. Like just saying, you know, goodbye, be safe, all that good stuff. Is that correct? Did you get yeah. that vibe too? Yeah. That's kinda, it's kind of like the send off day, you know, like we yeah. used to do like an assembly or like, I guess something like the week of to be like, hey, you know, we did it, blah, 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 like a pride thing or something like that. So that's probably what it was. Uh, Japanese, they don't have the, like the traditional like two months of break that, like we do over here, do they? No. So in Japan, how the schools work is they do like semester two, three weeks, semester two, three weeks, semester two, three weeks. So like all their breaks are two weeks. Um, so it's a little different than how we do it. But um. You know, I think everyone's still obviously looking really forward to having two weeks off of school. I always was. <laughs> Get me out of there, bro. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, they they finished that up and then they was, uh, I guess, Nakami was uh, off in the student council room trying to get them to approve the meteor uh, party, I assume. Is yeah, what, was- uh it was like the final approval for everything they're doing yeah. to make sure all their I don't permits and stuff like that are in place with the school and with like the the town for the road closures and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, so they're going through that and they're taking a while and the girls start getting like Magari is getting really nervous about this. And uh, so they sneak over to the student council office and they're trying to like peek their eyes and do a little snooping and um What's her name? Konami. Konami? Yeah, Konami just rips the door open and they all fall through, which is really funny. I enjoyed that <laughs> yeah, part. I, I, th- I thought that was hilarious. Uh, but I, I wanted to ask y'all something. Like, why do you guys think that Ukigawa went to go present the meteor viewing party instead of Magari? Magari. Um, so I think it was just the, the president of the club went and Ukigawa is the student council president. Oh, yeah, that is right. I, for, yeah, I forgot so about he's that. He's not there for the presentation. He's there to be presented. Okay. Okay. Got you. 
Yeah, and I mean, we all knew it was going to get, you know, accepted since, you know, they're best buds, obviously. But, I mean, why wouldn't it? So. Imagine if they didn't accept it. The whole show is just a waste <laughs> of freaking time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I was a little worried uh, because at the time I didn't understand that Ukagawa was the student uh, body president. Um, so I was I was worried, too. I was worried just like the girls were. It's like, yeah, it's taken a little while. And I thought that was going to be a big issue because... For some reason, in my mind, for some reason, Ukagawa was in there instead of Magari, and I thought he might have messed something up. But he got everything, it. Everything turned out okay. They had an inside man. <laughs> but yeah, so after everything's accepted, they have lunch in the student council room, which is, from what I understand, kind of a kind of a no no. Which I thought was kind of kind of uh, scandalous on this, this anime's part, you know, like student hey. council rooms for the student council only. Hey, and was MVP, bro. <laughs> he is. He, he's he's the one sent all these wheels in motion. You know, the wheels, the most important uh, ones in the, the show. I feel yes. like. Oh yeah, for sure. He's been he's been making sure that our two MCs have been connecting throughout the entire show. Yeah, I think if we got to give wingman of the season to anybody, it's Yukagawa, dude. Yes, all day, all day. Um, yeah, they were sharing like their talents and stuff like that. Um, I believe. Nakami said he could sense an earthquake even if it was magnitude one, which I thought was complete <laughs> bullshit. Um, <laughs> but one person shared a, a talent that I share with them uh, was the eyeball relay uh, race, where they uh, can be cross-eyed and point their other eyeball in a different direction, and I can actually do that shit. So that oh. was pretty cool to see. Yeah. I can blink really fast, which was another one of the talents. <laughs> High speed blinking. I was like, okay, is that a talent? Is, is, is that, is that how that blinking? works? Yeah. Dude, well, she was blinking like a freaking mile a minute, man. Yeah, she was going crazy. <laughs> well, since we're on the topic, I guess I picked the corn on the cob one. You know, I don't know. You like the corn on the cob one? <laughs> yeah, yeah. That I'll one. do that one. That, that shit could put down a cob, boys. <laughs> Yo. Pause. <laughs> she was very, very efficient with getting all those corn kernels off that cob, man. She Holy was. shit. Yeah, that motherfucker was clean afterwards. <laughs> Looks like a typewriter going back and forth. <laughs> you, you gotta have some good teeth for that uh for our younger uh anime viewing uh listeners uh typewriters were what existed before keyboards so uh check them out they're really oh, cool wow i bet the kids don't know that that, that was a thing wow <laughs> jeez that, now that makes me feel old we used to we practice uh typing on typewriter in kindergarten with the floppy disk bro nah typewriter didn't need a floppy disk you just did the paper in there Mm-hmm. You, had the, you had the racket each time it went to the end, made a little uh, chiming noise. Yeah, ding. We're ancient. <laughs> We're ancient, by the way, guys. We're old as fuck. Boomers. But yeah. But yeah. So they they have lunch. They show off their talents, and they're kind of sitting there like, "Do we have anything else to do?" Trying to think. And uh, Kurashiki, who's the teacher and head of the club, is like, "No, all we got to do now is wait." And it just flashes to the next day when Nakami's staring out the window and it is raining cats and dogs, like pouring like a motherfucker. And he's just in there like, you can just see it in his face that he's absolutely devastated. I felt so bad for him in that scene. Yeah, I did too. Um, I mean, he did so much planning, you know, I felt like he, I felt like he did everything right. Um, he had people ready to go stand out in the street and direct people to it. 
they said they had about what was it what was it 30 or 50 mm-hmm. students that were interested in going so it would have been a pretty big showing um he had his, all his friends uh helping him out and he was being the leader so if i if i was 14 15 and something like that happened to me and like just mother nature came in and said no i'd be pretty devastated so um, 100 percent, man i'm surprised my man didn't cry in front of his friends i might have i might have broken down on that one that's why, why he booked he, it yeah that's yeah. why he ran off so he also said before he left he said he was sorry and he felt like uh this was all his fault yeah why did why did y'all think that that was so it uh, kind of i'll go for it tyler no you go ahead i was gonna do something else yeah Oh, I was going to say, I kind of got into it later in the episode where he's like saying, every time I'm this methodical and I think I'm doing everything right, nothing ever turns out the way I want it to, which I really felt for the guy, man. He, like, yeah, that sucks. Yeah. All the planet in the world can't defeat Mother Nature. Um, but I, I guess the uh, urologist, uh, meteorologist in the, uh, in the area should have done their job, too. And maybe this could have <laughs> been avoided. Yeah, man, that was a pretty big storm. I don't know how you missed that one. Yeah, it'd be like that sometimes, bro. I guess. <laughs> For real, you also can't rain day to meteor shower. So, hey, remember Alice Gears? <laughs> hey, re- remember Alice Gears Agus, bro? The same shit happened no. to them. No, I don't. I, I've that? blocked. I've blocked that. Why out would you of bring my... that shit up right the same now? Same shit I've... happened to them, bro. They just out of nowhere. It's because we we we. I don't think you ever did, but we we want to make them watch the entirety of that series, dude. I'm working on it. <laughs> <laughs> evil, evil. Oh man. But yeah, no, he he completely runs away and runs through the rain and um Yui and and um Magari actually go out looking for him and they and uh Magari finds him on a bridge. And they end up going in that little uh it's like a bus stop, right? And they ended up yeah. going in there and it and it gets a little gets a little heavy. Um Magari ends up confessing her her feelings for our mans and i thought that was a really cute and touching scene um, finally thought, yeah it was about time right like they, they... finally dude <laughs> funny that she had to make the first move i thought it was nakami's turn uh, i thought she had been hit the ball into his court um but he's he's a shy guy um they ended up talking to each other through the like radio app that they had That's just anybody adorable. else oh it was adorable, adorable. okay That's okay adorable dude so I just watched the episode before this and I was like, bro, this is the corniest shit, but this guy is smooth for pulling this one off. Like, holy. <laughs> well, I mean, if they're talking to the radio show, they can act like they're talking to, you know, that they're not together. You know what I mean? So it's I guess it's one way to cope with it, I guess. I don't know. Especially yeah, when man. you're getting deep. Yeah. It's it's like think about it when you're like 13 or 14, you can spit mad game over a text message, but like saying it to their face is pretty hard. Yeah. <laughs> yep, yep. But yeah, they were going off the cuff with it. I thought it was pretty impressive on both of their parts. Um, yeah, but Magari had the initial idea to start using it um, because Nakami was not wanting to talk. He was just too far in the dumps, and she knew what just what to do to cheer him up. And he did start talking at one point, and. You know, it kind of dove into, like, his past a little bit, but not too much. It's still kind of a mystery, but it seems like he's got some trauma uh, happened to him uh, when he was younger. And I wonder if it's, like, you know, like, 
parent trauma, like maybe he was mistreated or, you know, maybe he was just poor and, you know, they couldn't really afford stuff and he got overlooked because several things led to, uh, you know, built up over this episode, like the shoes, for example, uh, Yukikawa was saying that he used to be so fast and he uh, uh, slowed down because he didn't have shoes to fit him no more because they was too little, you know, stuff like that. So, yeah. Yeah. Kanakawa also was making fun of him for that. Why not just put on different shoes? <laughs> she and don't understand, that, I guess. Bro, that made me hate her even more. Um, <laughs> she was she was starting to get on my good side. You know, at the beginning of the episode, she was being really, really positive about, you know, getting the grades back after uh, summer break, but this would send her right back down to the bottom for me. Yeah, I think I think I'm starting to uh I'm starting to like her a little bit, honestly. She's starting your, to come up on the good side, I believe. That that's your favorite character. It's the saucy young, angry high schooler, <laughs> dude. Don't worry about it. We know. Hey, <laughs> hey when she when she when 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 uh uh Nakami sneaks up on her twice in the episode, she's like, You freaking ninja, bro. <laughs> like, yeah, that was that was pretty funny. I laughed. So Yeah. But going back to what Tyler said is we haven't gotten the full story on it yet, but in his dream, he is holding a woman's hand who I'm assuming is his mother. And throughout the show, we've always seen him make his father dinner and like put a plate out for him because he must work nights. Right. And I'm pretty sure his mother passed away somehow. And we don't have the knowledge of that yet, but I think that's what happened. I think that's when we saw a major shift in his character. I could agree with that. We've had some foreshadowing on it, and that that does line up with what you just said. So, I think that's a good observation there, Dan. But yeah, M- Magara ended up saying, you know, someone that uh, Akami was someone special to her since you know the the first night that they uh, hid from the police, the nightly fun club. Yes, the nightly fun club. It, it it's much more innocent than what it sounds. Uh, if if you guys have not been watching this along with us, um, but she ends up stopping uh, Nakami from confessing his his love back to her by grabbing his cheeks and kind of like pulling his lips taut. <laughs> and one that was a little awkward. Um, and why do y'all think she did that? You you think she he thought you think that she thought he was going to ruin the moment or like what's up? So what went through my head was I'm like, that's a fucking weird way to get ready to kiss somebody, dude. Like, what are you doing, man? <laughs> Let me just stretch your face. <laughs> so I think I think that she didn't want him to just follow up on what she said. That she wants him to say it when he's actually means it. That's what I think. Mm. Yeah, when, so, when he's ready to or something yeah. like that. I agree with that. Okay. So that's okay. that's what I think. I think she knew that he was just gonna, you know, meet her back, you know, meet her back in the middle there, and she just wanted him to stop and and do it right, you know, eventually. So yeah, that's brave. Most people, when you say something like that, they want to get some uh, immediate confirmation. Yeah, I thought it was interesting though, because last episode when they were up on the roof by themselves, I thought he was gonna uh, say it before he was rudely interrupted by all of uh, their friends barging yep. up on the roof during the fireworks i was ready for for some fireworks of their own if you know what i'm saying so <laughs> oh, just, for sure i, I, I think i have been for a couple episodes this show's been fucking killing me dude i'm like just fucking do it already well just unfortunately, <laughs> unfortunately he, they get interrupted again by no other than ue bro the worst one that can interrupt him <laughs> 
I was crying <laughs> when she just yells philanderer and runs away like terrified. Let our boy cook. Damn. I, I don't think Yui's ever kissed a boy either, man. And she's like 22. So she's a, she's she needs something to work on. Yeah. Uh, Maybe she acts like this whenever somebody tries to get, throw some riz at her. Did you just say she could work on me? Sir? Who? Sir? I, th- I thought you just, I thought Tyler said on me. Oh, oh. <laughs> I mean, she's old enough, so I, I mean, mean. I thought you were talking oh. to me. I was like, what are you, what? Okay. I thought okay. Tyler just, I was like, she's, she's, she needs, I thought you said she needs something to work on. And Tyler went on me. No. <laughs> I, I said, I'm, I was going to say, I mean, she was solo. Oh, I in mean, the, uh, star, oh, okay. The stargazing club, you know, she was solo. So, I mean. You know, she she never had anybody to hit on, you know, or whatever. So, but, but yeah, I mean, either one works, I guess. <laughs> I nice. <laughs> <laughs> but so after that, they start chasing Yui down and they end up going to the after party for the canceled meteor shower viewing party. And, uh, you know, Nakami is a bigger guy. He apologized to everyone. He's like, guys, I just couldn't face you at that time. Like, I'm sorry. And there's a scene where they're sitting there and Yui rudely grabs a shrimp off of Ukagawa's plate and just starts <laughs> like miming two shrimp making out. <laughs> it was so fucking awkward, bro. <laughs> it's like, never hit. Like Magari and Nakami's faces were just so red. I was crying. I was like, oh my God. Ukagawa's like, you shouldn't play with your food. <laughs> I think I he knew what was as... happening, though. Oh, probably. Um, but I would have been hot. Somebody just takes my my food off my plate and starts playing with it. Like, yo, <laughs> I only got two shrimp and you just took one. Chill. Well, I mean, Yukigawa did ask. I'm pretty sure he was like, so what was y'all doing? And, and you was just like, uh, let me show you. <laughs> <laughs> let me show you what they was doing, bro. Yeah, that shit was weird as hell, though. Ah. <laughs> uh. But yeah, uh, is that where the episode ended? I can't remember. Yeah. I'm pretty sure, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, so okay. Yukigawa being the MVP again, you know, uh, changing the subject, you know, making it less awkward, I guess, you know. He you always does his best. That. Wingman of the year, man. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. You guys ready for the next episode? Yeah. Let's, Let's do it. it. So next we're going to talk about Demon Slayer Season 3, Episode 8. The Moo? Mew? Moo? I don't the uh, Mew. Mew? Mew? Mew and Mewchiro. Mewichiro? Mewichiro. 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 I'm messing up names now. <laughs> Holy. A week vacation, bro, and Dan's just out of here. Mm-hmm. Dude, my mind is in a blender. I have so much work to catch up on. <laughs> so during this episode, we get a deep, very deep dive into some of the Mist Hashira's past. Can he use his newfound memories to unlock his potential and surpass his limits? I had like, to. I'm sorry. I had to. You did that? <laughs> I did it, bro. Wow. I'm leaning fast, into it now. Fast he's converting. He's about to go plus ultra, boys. <laughs> so, this yummy. so I watched episode seven, this back to back. And I think it hit really hard when you watch them back to back because you picked up right when... You know, Miyuichiro is in like down in the dumps. Like he's like he's he thinks he's gonna die, 
and then it goes right into this flashback and uh dude this flashback hit home this is another brutal fucking flashback demon slayer is the best at making me feel so bad for every character in the fucking show demons included and um it was heartbreaking so basically he was a woodworking from a family of woodworkers they lived out in the forest and his mother got sick his father went out in a rainstorm to collect herbs to hopefully heal her i mean she's she's on death's door she's not doing good and he slipped and fell and cracked his skull open and both his parents died on the same day like yeah that's brutal man i just feel so bad left behind two kids it was it was very sad to see um this one didn't directly um the death didn't result well um two of the deaths did not result from a demon but yeah this was this was very sad um but i think demon slayer has a has a theme going on here dead family demon kills the last one tragic backstory (laughs) tragic backstory something something tragic backstory demon demon something something (laughs) (laughs) how fucking confused were you after this entire flashback that he's like oh yeah i had a twin brother like i mean i know he has amnesia but like the fact that he randomly goes oh i was only alone for i I had somebody else for a whole nother year i was like what the fuck i was so confused until like they introduced (laughs) him i was like i know he has amnesia but how do you remember your parents not your brother right away yeah, who you spent like a whole year alone with. Um, I thought that I was mean, really interesting, and the fact that he was like, "Oh yeah, I had a twin." <laughs> okay, bro, like you need to you need to pull it together. But to be honest, you know uh, what's the name? You you uh Uichiro? Yeah, Yuichiro. Right? Yeah, I mean he treated uh, Yuichiro like shit though. Like he was very hard on him. So I mean. I could see how, you know, you would want to try to forget that, especially uh, the way it ended, um, which I will get into later, you know? Yeah, and I think he just had a very pessimistic outlook on life is what it was. You know, like, everything was like, what's the point? We're weak. We're going to die. That's just how we are. And um, his character fucking pissed me off, man. (laughs) Yeah, uh, I was was very, very angry at uh, Yuichiro as well. But I call, I kind of also understood where he was coming from. Um, if you're that young, you don't really know how to process those kinds of feelings. And the only other person there probably reminds you of your parents, so you'd probably be angry with uh, with them as well. Um, seemed like he was mad at his, his mom for dying. He, he was mad at his dad for trying to save his mom. I, you know, when you grow older, you're like, yeah, it's not something to really be mad about. But say you're 10 years old. That's a lot to process. And for that to happen on the same night within hours of each other, um, you're just sitting there come back and you realize, oh, he's he's gone. Yeah. It's, it's a little too yeah. much, you know. Yeah, definitely, man. I uh think that the whole the whole flashback was heartbreaking, especially with like so after that, Yuichiro and Muichiro basically lived together and continued collecting wood and doing what they should trying to survive, you know, all that kind of stuff. And they're visited by Amane, who is the wife of the leader of the Demon Slayer Corps. And she's basically like, you guys are from a a line of legendary swordsmen. Like, come with us, we'll train you, we'll take care of you, all this other stuff. You know, you don't have anything else to look like going on right now. And Yuichiro starts fucking throwing rocks at her and shit and everything else. Like, get the fuck out of here. We don't want you. Like, (laughs) leave us alone. (laughs) And Muichiro is very like, 
holy shit, that's awesome. Let's go be swordsmen. You know, that's badass. And Yuichiro just shits on his dreams repeatedly. Like, you're yes. weak, we're weak, like, we can't do this. Like, what makes you think you'd be a swordsman? Like, you can barely carry wood, you know? Right. And that, it just hurt, man. It just hurt to see. Yeah, didn't, didn't he say something like, uh, too, like, you can't even, you can't even uh, uh, cook rice balls or something like that? <laughs> <laughs> I swear, he did. I was like, damn, yeah. when he said that, I was like, yo, chill, chill. Like, I understand, like, like not wanting to go into danger, but, like, you ain't have to do all that. Um, he's obviously been doing a good enough job keep it, helping keep you alive, so that's something, <laughs> right? But yeah, I think it was just him being afraid of losing his brother. Uh, that's yeah. all he's got left, even though he does treat him like shit. Uh, going back to what I said about him not knowing how to process his emotions. But yeah, if I lost my parents, it's 10 years old, and all I had was my brother left, and then some lady says, hey, you guys are supposed to go fight demons now. I'd be like, yo, fuck you. <laughs> Yo, go like we're out here bro. living in peace like go I fuck yourself just, yeah my first response would be what the fuck's a demon like what do you what do you mean <laughs> there's no right. demons out there <laughs> I, I chop wood not cook rice balls like chill out <laughs> but uh, I, I didn't necessarily find anything wrong with that even though i didn't like the character um i, I understood it funny. yeah uh it was kind of funny <laughs> but so now we get to tragic part number two of the backstory and um so it's it's the summer. They're they're sleeping. The door's wide open because it's really hot in the little hut. And out of nowhere, a demon shows up, who looked like a pretty scary demon. You know, he kind of had like the Akaza vibes going on, except he had like he claws for hands. You know, he mm -hmm. had like a similar build to him. And I was like, oh shit, they're dead. And I thought um, it was Akaza for a moment. No, Akaza doesn't have claws like that. Well, right? before we saw the hands when he oh, when he was just okay. standing in the doorway, I was like, no way. <laughs> that would have been nuts. Yeah, that would have actually been nuts because but that would have been for him, lucky for them. It, it wasn't him. So basically, the demon goes to attack Moichiro and Yuichiro jumps in front of him and homie just loses an arm like full on thing flails through the air. Like I was like, damn. Poor boy just lost. He's, he's going to bleed out, you know? Yeah, but, off rip. I, mean, I, th I thought that said a lot that he jumped in front of his brother and um. If we, if you guys remember, they hadn't talked for like a year or something like that. Um, they hardly even like looked at each other anymore. But the fact that he was still willing to to go through and you know put his own body on the line, I think, says a lot about who he was. And then knowing how his life ended, it yeah, was, it was pretty impactful. Definitely. And so Moichiro basically starts pulling him back. He's terrified, but just something snaps. You know, he full on snaps. And he brutally fucks his demon up. Like, he's got a hatch in his hand. He, like, drove stakes through this guy. He had his head crushed with a boulder. And he's like, I crushed his head with a boulder, and he still won't die. But thankfully, sun comes out. Yeah. I mean, he had him pinned down, though. What do you have, like, nine or ten stakes in nobody's body? Oh, yeah, it's crazy, like, dude. Two or three in each arm. I was like, yo, what? I, I'd pay good money to see that animated, that fight. Because that, yeah, was, that, that was, he had that demon fucked up. I was kind of sad that we didn't actually get to see it. We just, you know, it just flash forwarded to, you know, him just standing there, you know, talking, doing a monologue about it. So I thought it was a really good um, way to show the blind rage he was in, though. That's true. Because yeah. he basically said that, like, all he could see was red. And then, like, the screen is red. It looks like blood kind of dripping kind of thing, like a red, like yep. a hazy red thing. 
And all of a sudden, we just see this demon fucked up. And I was like, holy shit. <laughs> he went demon mode. <laughs> <laughs> no, he for sure did. I, I just, I'm like, in my mind, I'm trying to picture how he got that demon in that position. Uh, being that young. And, and maybe he was a little strong with what he looked like. Because they do chop wood every day. Um, but yeah, he had the hatchet and the stakes and, and the hammer. And he was just laying into old buddy. He, he stepped up in the wrong house that day. Definitely. Yeah. I mean, I guess it's something to do with his, uh, you know, his heritage uh, coming back, you know, his bloodline. So um, that I think they said what uh, would she say they're members of the first first swordsmen or something like that? Yeah. So they're descendants of the sun breathing um, swordsmen from the very beginning. Yeah. Oh, that's huge. Yeah. That's massive. But basically. But yeah. I'll go for it. No, no go for it. it. I didn't have much to say. Oh, I was just gonna. I was gonna. <laughs> I'm just continuing on here. So Muichiro crawls back to the cabin to find his brother lying there in a pool of blood, and his brother is praying to God, Buddha, whoever's out there listening. Please protect my brother. Do not let him die. And that shit hit the core. And everything Bass is saying, you knew it's true at that point that he really did care for his brother. He was trying to protect him by keeping him out of like that line of work of being a demon slayer and um shit man it it hit hard it hit hard for sure yeah and it was actually you know um we go back to the title we say uh mew and mutiro uh the the mew and mutiro um during the episode his brother was saying the mew and mutiro means meaningless it means incompetent and he was like i've always known the mew and mutiro means it means infinite um, so he actually held his brother in high regard and, uh, you know, his, his emotions were messed up, like I was saying, but he was also just trying to protect his boy. Um, he was trying to get, get all them, you know, fancy ideals out of his head, you know, and trying to, you know, keep him home and safe, I guess. Yeah. I mean, he did it in a complete wrong way, Yeah, but his intentions were, were good. Uh, but it was good to see him in his final moments kind of admit how he really felt, um, knowing he didn't have much time left. And I think for the most of that, he didn't even know Mutiro was um, standing right next to him because he had his face pointed towards the wall. So he was just really just letting it, letting it fly in his last moments. And I'm really glad, I'm really glad to see that, that uh, Mutiro got to see that, got to hear that. And it kind of seemed like going up to the next scene, it, it seemed like that unlocked his like latent potential, um, getting his memories back and kind of remembering what he's fighting against and what he's fighting for. So he definitely got a big power boost after that. And I thought that was freaking awesome. Um, did you guys think he acted more like his brother? Uh, the Misashira acted more like his brother when he didn't have his memory. Yeah, definitely. He was very similar to that. And I thought we were going to get some crazy, like twist where he was actually his brother, not himself or something like that for a while there. Cause the person personalities were the same, but it's just crazy to think that that, traumatic event is what made him lose his memory from what i can tell you know like that much trauma i guess can really fuck you up yeah, yeah. i mean even in real life you know people lose parts of their memory if they could go through something really traumatic so it's not out of the realm of possibility definitely but then oh baby we get <laughs> we get moichiro going full full demon slayer full badass mode he gets the marks on his face like tanjiro does so i guess they're cousins 
<laughs> yeah, for sure. I guess they're cousins. <laughs> um, at the very least, uh, because um, Ichiro even says, I think it was the previous episode of the one before, that uh, Tanjiro has the same eyes as his father when he first starts, his, he first starts getting his memory back. So that was our first clue, but uh, it's pretty much confirmed at this point, as far as I'm concerned. They get the same markings um, whenever something, I guess, really goes down or uh, they, they they go into that that demon mode. Uh, but it was really cool to see. Um, his marks were very different from Tanjiro's. Tanjiro's kind of looks like flames, and his look more like clouds um, is how I would describe it. Yeah, it makes sense if you think about him being the mist tasher, kind of like a cloud of mist on each cheek, you know? Ah, yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah, I hadn't even like really uh, tried to figure out what it looked like. I just seen that they was coming up, you know, both sides. So mm-hmm. it's good looks. I'm saying they look like clouds. Yeah, and it actually gives that you know him getting his memories back uh, and and getting those markings on his face gives uh, the Miss Hashira his strength back because he he was zapped. He had been poisoned. He finally got those needles out of his face. Been waiting on that for like three or four episodes. That shit was creeping me out. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, I've been saying it, but uh, yeah, he gets up and he starts fighting Gyoko again. Um, and Gyoko is just absolutely terrorizing Mr. Uh, Haganazek, Zek, uh, Hanakazuka. Hanakazuka, thank you. Um, <laughs> and he actually blows blows up the entire shed and he goes flying along with his piece of uh, um, uh, buffing stone. And still just goes right back to it. Man's showing pure dedication. Um, and then Gyuiko ends, ends up saying, hey, I was so focused. I didn't even know the Mishashiru was back. And he gets so excited about it uh, because he gets that kind of same level of focus that Mr. Hakanen Zetsu uh, Zuka has. Um, but a, a great episode. Um, they don't get to fight too, too much before the episode goes off. But we, we can kind of see what's going on and what's going to happen next. Yeah, dude, we're about to get some really great fights. I know I wasn't here last week, but like the combo fourth uh, upper fourth demon dude with the homie with the drums, mm-hmm. that's hatred? just badass. Right. Is that hatred? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a fucking cool design, dude. I was like, oh, this is our boy Enal, dude, with the fucking drums <laughs> on his back. That's what we were saying. I, I, I got to figure out like where that like drum ring is from in like you know mythology or something because I, I couldn't find a reference to it, but it, it is a dope ass design. It's a homage to One Piece, baby. <laughs> hey, let us see that. But yeah, uh, we got everything going on that one, boys. You think? Yeah, I think we we uh, we pretty much covered everything. I'm really yeah. excited for the next few episodes and see where this goes because the fights are about to get crazy. Oh, it's about to go nuts. Yes, sir. Alrighty, so we're gonna move on to One Piece 1063 called Luffy is on the Move, a turning point of a new era. So in this episode, Usopp finally finds the wounded Kinemon and Kiku, who both want Usopp to save the other one. While this is happening, Onigashima starts to learn about King's defeat and the increasing possibility of the Raiders winning. So we start off this episode with like, I think it was roughly five minutes of recap from the Zoro 5 from 1062. Uh, Did y'all enjoy that? Yeah. I mean, come on, bro. Yeah. <laughs> what you asking silly ass questions for? <laughs> so, this shit is gas. I, I wasn't here last week, but I just want to say that 1062 might be the greatest like One Piece fight yet. <laughs> Confirmed. 
There uh, there's one comment that's probably gonna beat it, but this is this was fucking awesome, man. Like I remember reading this, like, oh, this is badass. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But the way they animated that shit, bro. Oh my god. It was, <laughs> like, it was amazing. It was absolutely nuts. That's a lot of money throw that episode, dude. That was shit was insane. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I we enjoyed like, it, man. Like I said, we know who the number two is now. I mean, it is what it is. All you Sanji stands, sit stand the fuck down, down, bro. Sit the fuck down. <laughs> go, go sit in the number four slot, number four slot, fellas. Ooh, <laughs> uh, he's back. <laughs> um, yeah, this one. I mean, this episode was. I think Tyler, you said it in our Discord. It's like a. It was pretty much like a glorified uh, recap, recap yeah. episode. It, it really was, though. Um, there was a couple of new things that happened. Uh, so I think we should at least start with that stuff. Um, Usopp finally finds Kinemon, uh, like you said in the, in the summary, and uh, we put he put Kinemon's body back together. I guess his body came back together on its own. And then we have Izo showing up because Usopp's not a, really a fighter. He ain't really like that. And, <laughs> He's and we know run, bro. Yeah, he was gonna, he was going to leave him. He's like, oh, y'all don't want me to help either one of you. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> all right, bro, I, I, I'll catch y'all later. Yeah, on some typical Usopp ass shit. Um, <laughs> But yeah, Iso shows up and uh, refers to my man in his proper name, uh, God Usopp. Oh. The yes. king of the snipers. I yes, was like, the king Yo! of the snipers. <laughs> How do y'all think Iso learned about that? Because I don't feel Bounty. like many people. Bounty do. posters, dude. Is it king? Yeah. Is it, is it Soga king? Uh, yeah, no, he was Soga king on a, on a bounty poster. And then his current bounty poster literally says God Usopp. Oh. Yeah. Fuck yeah! Okay, I didn't even know that. That that that, that makes me happy because that's what I refer to Usopp as in my private life. God, he's Usopp. he's sniper king, dude. Yes, he's finally getting the respect he deserves in universe, and I appreciate that. I deserved is a strong word. Deserves, deserves. Hey. Oh no, deserves is still a strong word. Hey, he got all the respect he needed in Dress Rosa, bro. He, he's good. He's his good. his lifeless body being used as a freaking <laughs> look, bro. Y'all gonna put some respect on my man's name eventually? <laughs> nah, nah, it's Usopp, dude. Come on, yeah. <laughs> somebody get back to the fucking episode. Y'all <laughs> yeah, so, I wouldn't call it an overglorified recap episode. I think it just kind of like took everything we had already seen and just like brought it forward a tiny bit, you know. Yeah, it did move it forward, but it, it it really just kind of went around the battlefield, right? Um, I, I think that's what that that um, it's sort of that, purpose. Yeah, no, so, I think that's what that chapter of the manga did. It did the same yeah. thing. So, oh, really? Well, instead okay. of calling it a glorified recap, let's call it a glorified check in. That's probably a better word. So, yeah, I like that. Okay, okay, that's fair. <laughs> that's fair. But yeah, um, we have a bunch going on. I mean, Yamato makes it down to the armory. And she has uh, Fuga destroy uh, the number six. Um, I can't remember they call him the monster guys. And just full on like bull rushes him through a door. Roki? Yeah, Roki just bull rushes him through a door. I was like, holy shit, these things are insane. Yeah, and then we got Kazimbu uh, headed down there, the fire specter. Um, so what do you guys think that Yamato is going to do now that she's down there? You know, how does she disarm all that stuff? Like, well, you guys know that. I keep forgetting. Well, that yeah. I mean, we know, but for, <laughs> I don't for, remember. Yeah, okay. For uh, episode sake, science, science sake, whatever. 
Mm-hmm. What if what if she uses some of her like ice powers? We've talked about her having like ice abilities before. What if she uses some of that to kind of slow it down? What do you think about that? Because Zimbu's made out of fire. Yeah, ice and fire ice. turns into water. It'll work out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, dog. <laughs> you, you make everything damp. That, nothing's gonna explode, right? But you right. have a heat source that's gonna dry everything out. Nah. Details. Okay. All right, boys. All right. <laughs> The same uh-huh. Pokemon. What do you, you say, Tyler? Game of Thrones. Ain't that ain't that the title of Game of Thrones? Like the song, song of ice and fire and ice or whatever. Yeah, yeah you're right. Yeah, we're just gonna. It's the kind of Game of Thrones like like I wanted to. I quit. <laughs> I, I'd quit this whole goddamn enemy. <laughs> just go to the next episode and then I walk us. <laughs> hey, we could I'd, even I'd go into Kano. I'm so deep into this fucking enemy. <laughs> <laughs> well Bass, let's say that doesn't happen okay yeah, i didn't think so that was that was a pretty so. terrible lie um <laughs> but yeah we go back and we see momo tr- still trying to slow down oshiganama uh, oshiganama with his flame clouds um orochi and uh iori um you know she's playing some some sweet sweet tunes and uh, he's talking about running away and marrying her and, and living in the land of wano which i don't know how he thinks he's gonna get away with that but that's what he wants to do with his life, whatever. Well, so you got to think nobody in the flower capital knows what's going on here, except maybe like three or four people. So like if he comes back, that means the raid failed and like they're not going to talk about that. Like, you know, so like it yeah. just kind of go back to being what it was. But um, and I mean, you know, Kaido is literally planning on sitting down on Agashima's on top of the flower capital, too. So, I mean, you know, that's true. That's true. I, I mean, mean, but but like <laughs> if the raid fails, and we know that Kaido tried to kill Orochi once. How does he think he's going to live in peace on the island? That's true. I think he's hoping Luffy takes him down, maybe. Yeah, I don't know what, what he's thinking. Uh, but he's I don't think asshat. he's thinking, bro. Yeah, he's <laughs> he, not. Ne- he never does. <laughs> but, so that scene led us into a continuation of one of the big three fights left. Raizo versus Fukurokuji. There we, Ooh, there we go. There we go. Nice with it. He he's nice getting, with he's, it. He's get, he, I'm getting it back. And I'm I'm loving that fight, dude. That fight's fucking awesome. Like they're sitting there in this crazy burning building. They're hitting each other with the paralyzation jutsus. Like Rizo's back is on fire. I'm like, they're doing a really good job with that fight. Cause like I thought it was kind of like when I was reading it in the manga, I was like, oh, this is just a side fight. But they're like taking it to the next level. And I really enjoyed it. Yeah, it, it seems like it's a pretty important fight. Um yeah, and Rizo. You know, um, I'm just going to call him Fuku. I'm not going to tongue twist to myself today um, or again today. Um, so Fuku tells Raizo, he's like, hey, you caught on fire first. It's time for you to release this paralyzation jutsu. And Raizo says something pretty badass. He's like, I am a retainer of uh, Odin. I don't even feel this heat on my back. And I thought that was really cool. But, you know, the samurai and all the retainers are always lying about how they feel. So I thought that was pretty cool to see again. Well, we you got him. Go yeah, you got to remember, too, that Rizo sat above a burning pot of oil for an hour. That's true. That's, that's some true. crispy heat. That's that's hotter than flames. I mean, that's He's like, really about this. I forgot about. Th- Wait. Yeah, he said above it, though. He said above it. That's still you're still feeling 500. I mean, what boiling oil is like, what, 500 degrees? Yeah, yeah. I don't know if the fire is that hot. Well, it probably is. But, you know, like that, <laughs> you, you understand that. <laughs> Yeah, he's 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 used to it. He's got a little tolerance going on. He feels like he's at home, bro. <laughs> hey yo. Tyler's been out of pocket this whole week. 
but yeah, like I'm really excited to see that. We saw a little bit of Big Mom kid in Law. Big Mom's hair lit on fire, so you know she's getting serious. Like, oh yeah, yeah, she oh, definitely yeah. said. Uh, she said, you know, it's at this point, it's either I kill you two or you two kill me. And uh, I believe Kid or Law says, uh, "Well, we know what's gonna happen. You're gonna die." Um, so I, I'm excited to see what happens there. That's gonna be a cool wrap up to that fight because Law has one of my favorite Devil Fruits. Kids, it's always fun watching him transform uh, different metal objects. And Big Fum, Big Mom is always a fucking hoot. She's good shit. Definitely. And then we we finally, finally, after God, I don't even know how many episodes mm-hmm. we got back to Luffy fighting Kaido on the roof. They threw some blows. Like it's it's good to be back. Yeah, definitely is. It's good to be back to roof piece, dude. Yeah. yeah. I'm, uh pretty excited for next episode uh it's supposed to be a a, a banger one again so i i think right pretty sure i'd have to go look oh, okay. i mean the next the next like 10 11 episodes are all bangers so like we are entering like one piece anime of the year consideration coming up you know like we're all Ooh. in oh yeah <laughs> oh yeah oh yeah <laughs> Okay. I mean, okay. it's pretty hard to have what's coming up not be spoiled if you're li- if you're on the internet, period. But seeing an animated is going to be fucking insane. Yeah, it's still going to be awesome because I definitely have been spoiled uh, more times than I can count at this point. Uh, if you click on the wrong Twitter thread, it's a wrap. Um, people have <laughs> uh, Gear 5 is their freaking profile pictures. Like, it's impossible to hide from for that long. Um, but I'm still excited. Damn, I, mean, I, w- I was trying to avoid saying it. <laughs> I mean, people know what's going on. If anybody's on the internet, period. There well, might I mean, be an you, anime fan without Twitter, dude. Oh, get, yeah. get, get out of here, bro. I mean, you may know kind of like what it looks like, but you still don't know what, what it does and all that stuff. So. Right. Yeah. I yeah. mean, I mean, the gears have been sequential this entire time, guys. That's not anything new. I don't think. <laughs> yeah. well, it's good. It's good to know that you think it's gear five because they skip and go gear eight. All right, but, <laughs> but thanks, boys. Or maybe it's just like an iteration of, you know, Gear 4. You never know. You know. Gear 4.9. Yeah. The cap is strong with these two. <laughs> <laughs> well, but, uh, yeah, I mean, it was really good to see them boxing again. It was awesome to see a Red Hawk. Like, it's good to be back. The auras are back a little bit. They're not as excessive, but they were there a it little bit. It was a respectable amount of aura. Uh, I could tell what was going on. I know, you know, because we had that one episode a, a few months ago that where, you know, it was just a bunch of flashing lights. Um, oh, definitely. That was over the top. One thing I have noticed, though, is that for the characters she used Conqueror's Hockey, like Zoro had green Conqueror's Hockey, Kaido has purple, Luffy has gold. Mm-hmm. And then if you go back to the anime opening where it shows rocks, um, Coldy Roger, Whitebeard, and somebody else, the Conqueror's Hockey behind them is starting to mimic the glow around the characters colors in the back. So like Odin and Odin and Zoro both have green Roger right. and Luffy both have gold Kaido and rocks both have purple. I thought it was kind of interesting. Okay. Good uh, detail pickup right that. there. Yeah. Little, little foreshadowing. Ooh. I've watched a lot of one piece. I, I love one piece opening. So I just fucking watch them. <laughs> uh, the, the songs are gas, dude. <laughs> Very good. Awesome boys. Yeah. Well, what do y'all think? I think that's enough for now. I just want to say I loved Iza with the Blicky. 
<laughs> oh, he was rattling the things off, wasn't he? Man, man, that fucking man's got the bl- blunder bus with like a 30 round clip in it. <laughs> Dude, that looks like a bolt action rifle. He's just like, bah, 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 bah. yeah, man, it sounded like he had an Uzi up in there. Shit. That shit was Uzi, funny as hell. Uzi, Ezo, pretty close, right? <laughs> yeah. I was like, I was like, the, 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 the gun fan in me is, is cringing right now, but the anime, anime fan is having a fucking ball. <laughs> I loved it. Awesome. Well, guys, we appreciate you hanging out for this week's weekly rundown. Uh, shame there's no Hell's Paradise to talk about, but we'll get back to that next week. Make sure to join the Discord. Anime or linktree.com slash anime has the link to our Discord, our socials, Twitter, uh, all the shorts Tyler's been putting out there. And uh, we'll catch you guys on Thursday for the Anime Degens Bullshit Hour, baby. Woo woo. Yeah.